Dear fellow redeemed, our sermon today is based on the reading from Ephesians 4 into Ephesians 5. And if you look at the, the readings today, they might seem a little, a little disjointed. Our first reading, you have Elijah hearing that Queen Jezebel wants to kill him. So Elijah makes a run for the border and runs down out into the desert to get away. And then in our third reading, our reading from the Gospel of John, we have Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, I am the, the living bread that has come down from heaven. And then sandwiched in between, sandwiched in between, we have this reading from Ephesians. In that first lesson, Elijah got a miraculous meal to strengthen him for the journey. And in the third lesson, we see that Jesus is food for our spiritual life, that Jesus nourishes and sustains our faith. And then sandwiched in between, right here in Ephesians, we have a list of do this, be this, do this, be that. And at first glance, even Christian ears might begin to wonder, what's going on here? When you hear these words, it might seem like just some helpful advice. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Get rid of all bitterness. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Live a life of love. And with that brief list, even Christians might give the impression that, that God is just giving us a list of helpful advice for life. And when you think about it, in one ear we have the world clamoring for our attention. Three principles to a better marriage. Seven steps to a better life now. Nineteen ways to be up in a down world. And even Christian ears might hear these words from God, and even Christian ears might begin to think, well, is that what God is doing here? Just giving us some advice that is very helpful, very practical, and very well thought out. Be kind, be compassionate, be loving, hold the door for somebody. You get the picture. And even Christian ears might be able to think that, hey, this is good advice if, anybody, if everybody could remember all of God's advice, but who in the world could do that? With this long list that's about as long as your arm, who in the world could remember all that God says? Friends, this reading from Ephesians gives us tremendous insight into how the Christian life is different from everything else in the world. The Christian life is not centered around what I do or or what I say, or even a set of principles for a better life. God isn't appealing to our logic or trying to convince us that following his law is good for us. God is just laying it all out. God says, this is what I want you to do, this is what I want you to be. God isn't looking for a shallow set of, of external behavior modification. God is looking for faith, not flattery. Now, if in everyday life, if someone focuses on just the external behavior, we call it flattery. You're probably well acquainted with that coworker who works diligently and compliments the boss when the boss is around. And then as soon as the boss stops hovering nearby, that same coworker is bashing the boss and tearing him or her down. Or maybe, maybe the younger people, or you can think back to your younger years when a young man would compliment and compliment and over-compliment a young woman. And she quickly clues in that this isn't normal, that there's something else going on here. Normally flattery is, 
has a bad connotation. Flattery is putting up a good front without really having your heart in the right place. And flattery is something that most Christians are well acquainted with, whether it's the, the golfing buddies who don't use profanity when you're around, or the new friend who then finds out you're a Christian and says, well, I'm sorry for saying all those things, as though, <laughs> as though the Christian life is totally centered around doing and doing and doing and not saying the wrong things. God doesn't care for flattery. God doesn't want anything apart from faith. God doesn't want your actions or your words or your optimistic attitude. God doesn't care for kind words if there is no kind heart behind those words. God doesn't want external action without internal trust. In other words, God wants a heart of faith, not flattery. The Bible states this very clearly in a number of different ways. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Or if you flip that around, he says also all of our righteous acts or our good actions are like dirty rags. God says very clearly, I want the heart. I don't want just the outward trappings. As we consider this section of Ephesians, we see very clearly that God wants faith, not flattery. Our lesson begins. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Throughout this whole section, Paul weaves together the the proper Christian action with the only Christian reason. Just look at these verses. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. These are proper Christian actions. Now this, this category of unwholesome talk is very broad. It includes all sorts of things like gossip, slander, lies, and even that famous little white lie. But what God is saying here is it's not about how close you can get to the line without jumping over. God is saying that He wants our words, even everything we say, to glorify Him. The proper Christian action is to not let this unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And then the proper Christian reason is located at the end of verse 30. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. In other words, when God brought you to faith, He put His stamp of approval on you. Your visa to heaven is approved. Your passport is stamped and ready to go. When when God brought you to faith, it's like your connection to God. When God brought you to faith, the Holy Spirit came to live within you in a special way. This is something that the rest of the world knows nothing about. But it's pretty cool that God has come to live with each of us through faith. And this faith that God created is our connection to God. That's why Paul says you are sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Think of that. He says faith isn't just something for the end of life. When you die, faith is going to get you into heaven. He says faith is a, is a today thing. Faith is your connection to God. Faith is through faith, God lives within you. How cool is that? That almighty, infinite God has come to live with Sinful and finite people. Through faith you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. God doesn't want flattery, mere outward action. God wants faith. 
And here too, the Christian life still revolves around Jesus. It's not like God brought you to faith and then kicks you out of the nest and says, all right, go live a good life. Go, go work hard at your good life. No, even in, in the Christian life, it's totally centered around Jesus. This connection to Jesus is how God lives within us and God working through us is the good things that we do. Pretty cool. So with that in mind, let's look at these, these verses again. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Unwholesome talk. As mentioned earlier, this is a, this is a very broad category. Whether it's words of anger, words of malice, lying, uh, little white lies, even gossip and slander. These sorts of unwholesome talk is unfitting for any Christian. But unwholesome talk is far broader than that. For many Christians, unwholesome talk is like the stealth sin that, we, that Christians don't see or Christians don't want to see. And gossip is, is a big one of those. Included in this is that un that detestable vice of talking behind someone's back. Included in this are things that tear other people's reputation down, even if it is true. Everyone wants the pleasure of sharing, sharing information with somebody else, but then we ask, is it loving? Is it helpful for building somebody else up according to their needs? Are these words beneficial to the hearers, or do my words encourage the same sort of negative, destructive, sinful attitude in somebody else. If you quiet yourself, you'll probably hear a little objection, but pastor, time out. What if it is the truth? Surely God makes an exception if it's the truth. If I just, if I just relate the truth, then that's all right. Well, if it's true, why not talk to that person? Gossip isn't defined by the truth or untruth. Gossip is defined by its intent and its result. Take note that verses 29 through 31 are all part of the same thought, the same paragraph. He writes, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Unwholesome talk is anything that doesn't build up our fellow Christians. And you remember that part earlier about being sealed with the Holy Spirit? And that the Holy Spirit lives within us through faith? Well, this sort of unwholesome talk grieves the Holy Spirit. It makes God sad. That's, that's no good. That's discouraging. Unwholesome talk tears down God's reputation, especially when outsiders see that you're a Christian, but you don't really talk like one. Unwholesome talk tears down somebody else's reputation, even if those words are true. And it's kind of discouraging. And by this point, you're probably thinking to yourself, well, I should probably clean up my act. I should probably watch what I say a little bit more. Or maybe you're thinking back to something that you said or that something that somebody said about you. But bear in mind that God desires faith, not flattery. 
God isn't just looking for outward reformation or outward cleaning up of our act. God wants the Christian's heart. God wants your whole life. God isn't just looking for good fruit. He's looking for a healthier Christian. Look at what God says next. He says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Look how God weaves together proper Christian action with the only Christian reason. The only reason. In Christ, God has forgiven you. So forgive each other. Proper Christian action. We don't hold grudges because we know that God has forgiven us. Or a little bit later, Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The Christian life always revolves around Jesus. Through Jesus, God has forgiven your sin. Through Jesus, God has stamped your passport and you have a free ticket to heaven. And through Jesus... Every day, we go back to what Jesus has done for us, how Jesus has loved us. And it's like God just fills us up. And this can't help but overflow into, into all that we are and even all that we say. As a Christian, because of God's work in you, you don't want to hold a grudge. God says, as a Christian, even this gossip and slander and lying, it's distasteful, like, like, like that funky taste in your mouth when you wake up in the morning. It's gross. Ugh. It's just not a part of the Christian life. It's, yeah. <laughs> but your identity totally revolves around what Christ has done for you. It's not this matter of trying to reform my own life under my own power. It's this matter of refocusing my eyes on what God has done for me. And then doing my best to reflect that love to others. Doing my best to let others see who God is through me. Doing my best to imitate God. Kind of like the little child, you know, following in daddy's footsteps. You know, dad may be trudging through the snow and the little child tries jumping from footstep to footstep. Or maybe the little, little boy tries on dad's jacket at home or the little girl gets into mommy's makeup. Well... That's imitating their parents. As Christians, that's what we do too. But God hasn't just left us alone to trudge through life or try and imitate God. God has given us Himself. He's given us Himself. He lives within us through faith. God has made each of you God's own temple. And even in the sacrament today, God comes to us in a special way. In Christ's own body and blood. Now, in a world of instant communication, it's way too easy to fall into this temptation of unwholesome talk. Log into Facebook and you'll see your friends wallowing in slander and gossip, a few quick keystrokes, and you can join them in their filth. Twitter and text messaging make it easy to broadcast your, your own slander or your own thoughts in 160 characters or less. It's easy to write a wrathful email, and I think we've all been there. Get a little hot under the collar and dash off an email, click send, and then go back and say, whoops, I can't take that back. Or even the telephone. I mean, it's easy to pick up the telephone and then it's not so much a matter of a conversation, but turns into a game of telephone as, as these hurtful words get spread and amplified like so much, so much manure on a plowed field. Dear friends, 
Maybe you can think of a time in your life when somebody spoke ill about you. Or maybe you're, you're kind of remembering that time when you spoke ill of somebody else. Might have been true, maybe not. Even if it was true, if it wasn't from a heart of faith, or it wasn't done for the good of that person, it wasn't, if it wasn't from a heart of love for that person, then God says it was wrong. It's not the truth or the untruth that makes gossip wrong. I mean, if it's untrue, it's just a lie. If it's true, then it's gossip. But it's really the, the intent or the result. As Christians, that's distasteful to us. As Christians, God says, that's not who you are. God has made you to be this new person. God has declared you to be his child, free and clear, no strings attached. And then God comes and lives with you in a special way. And God works through you to do wonderful things for others, to say wonderful things about others, even to to build other people up with the things that we say. This Christian life isn't a list of, you know, ten steps to a better life now or, or seven principles to a, to a happier life or how to, 19 ways to be up in a down world. No, the Christian life just overflows out of a heart of faith. As the, the proverb says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, all this unwholesome talk just overflows out of a heart that's full of anger or jealousy or malice or hate. That's disgusting. But for the Christian, the way that we talk, the way that we want to build others up, just overflows out of a heart that remembers what God has done for us. The Christian life overflows out of a heart that says, look at what Jesus did for me. I'm not trying to pay Him back. I just want to make my whole life a big, huge thank you card to Him. He's brought me to spiritual life. He lives within me in a special way. He loves me. He's given me heaven. I'm his own child. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. This is great. This is great news. And God just says, this is who you are now. You don't want anything to do with that that yucky, distasteful, unwholesome talk that tastes like, you know, waking up in the morning. Ugh. So Christians always consider what they say. Is it to build someone up or to tear someone down? Do these words grieve the Holy Spirit and flow from a heart of malice? Or do these words glorify God? So when you get down to it, the life of faith simply imitates God for the right reason. The Christian loves God, and this love for God overflows into love for others. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, dear friends, be imitators of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. In a nutshell, faith, not flattery. Amen.